Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hi, everybody. Corey Griswold here with you at 7 o'clock on WGR Sports Radio 550. I'll be with you here until about 8 p.m. There's about uh, to get you into uh, the fabulous ESPN radio programming uh, that we have here to get you to the overnight hour. Uh, if you'd like to call and join me here to talk a little bit on the nightcap, uh, I am filling in for Sneaky Joe DiBiase. He is on special assignment. Uh, you can. 803-0550 is the phone number. You guys know what that number is. I'm not going to look at the phones until we get to the commercials. Don't even bother calling me until we get to the commercial break. Uh, got a couple of things to talk about uh, here with you. Talk a little NBA, a little Euro tw- 2021, some uh, other miscellany. Uh, that happens to be laying about the station. If you missed any of Show Up in the Bulldog, you can catch that on our, uh, I don't think it's called the Audio Vault anymore. Catch it online, WGR550.com, your best friend. You'll see all the audio from today uh, hanging up there. Darren Drager uh, specifically mentioned often today. You can see his interview uh, to speaking to the instigators where he had a lot to say about Eichel, had a lot to say about the coaching surge with the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, first, though, uh, at the top of the hour here, uh, I have a guest uh, that will be joining us, somebody I know very well, uh, who writes for Oprox uh, online as well as in other places that I'm sure he will mention. Ryan Nagelhout uh, joins me here on the West Her Hotline. Uh, Ryan, good evening to you. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's a Friday night. Uh, the party's here on the west side. We are uh, doing all sorts of fun things at the station. It's been uh, a while since I've had this shift here at the station, doing it with Mike and Chris uh, with the show up in the Bulldog show. It's, it might have been at least 10 years since the last time I did that shift with them and then had a night show after it. So it's been very weird vibes here at the station a little bit um, doing this kind of thing. I wanted to bring you on specifically. Uh, because uh, I know you, but also because um, there's stuff going on uh, that maybe hasn't had a lot of coverage here at the station. We got an hour to we got an hour to kill, uh, and we can maybe uh, get some of that stuff in here. So I wanted to talk to you uh, about you know the Euro 2021 tournament. I wanted to talk to you uh, about is it weird to buy underwear on a trip when you don't necessarily have to win an emergency? And all, but first we should start with the NBA. Um, tonight is, I believe it's, um, Hawks and, uh, Bucks. Is that correct? Is that who's playing tonight at eight? Yeah. You're, you're off to a good start here. Okay. That's dicey. So I don't watch a ton of NBA. I don't watch a ton of anything. I'm an old man with two kids. So what I know of the Atlanta Hawks is what I know of Trey Young and how everybody reacts to Trey Young. And I guess what I'm wondering is, 
why does everybody react to him the way they do? What is it? What has he done specifically to what appears to be draw the ire of so many people to be like called the you know the next great heel in the NBA? Like what what specifically does has this poor guy done? I mean, it's it's a long list of of very small things that that end up being to anybody who's not a Hawks fan, and even to some you know Hawks observers, uh, just very unlikable. Uh, it's kind of remarkable how how quickly it's happened, especially because you know up until this season the Hawks were pretty anonymous as a franchise. Uh, I think if you asked everyone else, you know what their deal was, it was that well you know they traded away Luka Doncic and got got this guy. And as it turns out, you know obviously Trey has had a very good season and they're uh, they're a very good team. And you know there's I think that sort of discussion is going to hang around the Hawks forever. Uh, but but in particular, yeah, I mean they they play fun basketball, and you know Trey, whether you like him or, or hate him, uh, is definitely charismatic and uh, and has made the NBA postseason, you know, very exciting. So I'm used to got guys being described this way when I watch the NHL, like having this guy's like, oh god, you just don't want to play against him. He does all the worst things. Guys like a guy like Brad Marchant comes to mind, you know, immediately sure. with that. But there's also older examples of guys like. Uh, um, uh, Darcy Tucker is another one who's just like ingrained in my mind of having this kind of reputation. But basketball is a very sure. different sport. So, like, is he uh, is he flopping? I mean, is he like getting away with contact? Like, what what is he just you know running his mouth the entire game? Like, what what uh, if I'm watching Trey Young? What am I seeing? Uh, well, it's it's definitely running his mouth and and sort of uh, being antagonistic on a uh, almost a college basketball heel kind of level, like like the guys Ooh. you see in like the NCAA tournament who you know who are willing to yell at like opposing fans that that kind of thing. He had a little a little bit of that with the Knicks. Uh, obviously, uh, it was amid the the weird rash of NBA fans just not knowing how to handle themselves, and so you know throwing. Throwing popcorn on on Russell Westbrook and you know guys you know racial slurs in Utah and, and all sorts of weirdness, um, you know his I think he got spit on at, at MSG if, if I'm not mistaken or someone threw through something but uh, I mean mostly it's just that he, he plays a very very confident game uh, he will shoot from anywhere um, and you know the, the the big notorious thing he did in the last game was a uh, he kind of shook somebody off and paused for a moment at the three-point line and then did, like, a shoulder shrug and then, you know, drained a shot and everyone lost their minds mm, about it. And okay. So it's, so it's, uh, it's cool guy stuff. And, you know, it's <laughs> not, it, there are people who, you know, who despise that being in the game. Uh, and then there are people who are, you know, rooting against the Hawks and maybe are, are Bucks fans, and so they want him to fail. But uh, he's definitely, uh, he definitely shows off. And I think that either rubs people the wrong way or, uh, or you know, they're just looking for things to get mad about. It's, but at least he has style to back it up, and 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 has been performing very well. I think that's the big difference, especially, you know, with with hockey, right? Like those guys, you think about those guys in the postseason, they become a story, but they also don't have you know forty point games to their name, you know. Yeah, you usually like, I mean, Marshawn could score three goals in a playoff game if he really wanted to, but there generally other guys on the team that are that's their job is doing that. Um, and I mean, from my perspective, like I'm, I could never imagine having the, the state of mind where you could be that cool in that moment where like, where, you know, (laughs) where, where you've got to hit like a massive three point shot and everybody hates you and is letting you know it. And you're just literally busting out moves and shoulder shaking, like in the moment, like to be that aware of what's going on around you. That's really impressive. 
Yeah, and I think it actually speaks to what's been so good about this NBA postseason in particular. I think if you ask a lot of NBA people, the narrative is that, like, well, you know, now it's injuries, right? Stars have gotten hurt. Maybe the teams that you expect to be there are not there. But even on these teams that maybe have not gotten a lot of attention in Atlanta, and I'm thinking, you know, Phoenix here in particular, these guys are, like, not only is the team very good, and they, they definitely deserve to be where they are, but they have very young, like, very exciting stars who do – you know, very, very interesting things. Like, Trey Young and, and DeAndre Hayden, like, I mean, just won a game on a very, very cool play, and it's generally just gotten, you know, extremely good in, in the time that you would expect the number one overall pick to get, and that they're the reason that, you know, the teams are where they are. If I'm not mistaken, the Suns won a game on an inbound, an alley-oop inbound pass. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, a dunk to Aiden, which is a, a weird loophole in the rules where the clock doesn't start uh, exactly. Like, it, it, there's like, I mean, there's a half second, I think, left on the play. It was very, very well executed. Uh, I think it was Jay Crowder. Yeah, because the, the, the clock doesn't start until the inbound pass is touched by the first person who gets it in the state of play. Right. So if he's yeah, inbounding yeah. it as an alley-oop, it only, it's only takes a split second for that person to put it in the net, right? Yeah, and, and it's, you know, extremely cool stuff. And again, you know, that narrative could easily be like, well, you know, Kawhi Leonard is out, and who knows, you know, this Clippers team. But even without Kawhi Leonard, you know, they played very, very well. <laughs> Terrence Mann showed up, and it's been, you know, really good for them. And, you know, it's it's a little unexpected, and I think it's easy to kind of fall back on, like, well, you know, there's no LeBron, you know, there's no KD, the Nets have failed, and all, all of those things. But, like, what's what's left in the NBA has been really fun. And on a nightly basis, I mean, I think the, the quality has been – has been there. There have been very good games, you know, the last couple of weeks in particular. I, I can't really think of a, a game where it wasn't at least entertaining. Yeah, it's um, the the dominant dialogue of the NBA of the narrative that's put out there about it is the star-driven league, how players are trying to arrange super teams for themselves, or just you need that star athlete to really drive your team forward. And these playoffs, like, I guess, what, are people calling it like a small market playoff and stuff like that? But the ratings have been great. And the only thing I've heard from people talking about these games so far is how exciting everybody has been. I wanted to ask you because um, I know that Giannis is on the Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And how has he been doing in this playoff run? Because he is a legit superstar in the NBA and, you know, is the focus of that team in the Bucks. Um, what has his performance so far been like in the playoffs? How, how has he looked? Well, I mean, he's, he's looked about what you'd expect from him. I mean, he was, he's not the MVP anymore, but, but was the reigning MVP before that. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing you will hear is that he's taking too long with free throws. That was a, <laughs> a big narrative in the Mets series with fans like counting it out. And now like the last two minute report that, that comes through the NBA is like, actually he should have gotten a violation. Actually he should have gotten a violation. Uh, which is very fun revisionist history to to go through, but um, I mean he's he's good. I, I think the the Bucks people uh, have already kind of turned on them you know, for you know because they haven't been this you know, team that's blowing people out of the water. But um, you know they're they're winning. They they survived uh, you know a just brutal series against the Nets where everyone involved looked looked uh, really rough. But um, yeah, I mean the basketball has been has been fun. I think people. You know, have a have a tough time with the East in particular because of all the teams that are not there. 
Uh, and even with, with you know, the, the most, the biggest market team that's left is the Clippers in Los Angeles, but they're not the Lakers, right? And yeah. So, but I, I guess, like, if you're looking at it from, like, well, I want to see my guys, like, that's fine. But if you're, you know, looking to find good basketball, it's it's on at 8.30 tonight and, you know, tomorrow at 9. So, you know, it's really hard to, to complain outside of, you know, I guess if you really care about TV ratings. But, like, if that's if that's your thing as a sports fan, like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. That's That's a weird bridge to you know, to get to and need to be satisfied by. Ryan Nagelhout of Uprox joining us here on the Nightcap. Uh, Ryan, do you want to talk about hockey? We don't have to, but we can talk about hockey if you'd like. Sure, we can We can talk about hockey. I mean, it's... Uh, it's my show, uh, Ryan. Oh, sure. I mean, listen, man, it's, it's, this is your deal. I think, uh, you know, I've been trying to follow both, and admittedly, that's that's difficult to do because the you know the basketball is more for work the hockey isn't really what i have more of a background in obviously you know that mm-hmm. but maybe the listeners do not uh it, it's it's pretty interesting to see the juxtaposition because like you can watch the hawks and watch you know the suns in particular and look at them and feel like yeah you know they they're here for a reason and then when you ask around about you know the nhl and montreal in particular everyone just has like question marks and like i don't know man they're still playing i don't know what to tell you <laughs> like, like it's, it's very different other than like well you know goaltending is important in the postseason which yes that's true uh that's really where it ends i mean it's uh, i i have to admit i have not watched a lot of hockey in a while and it's mostly because of this because it does feel like the league is more about random chance when it comes to the playoffs than it is about anything else, than it is about skill or something, and that's a combination of just how the way the sport is played. It's a combination of the league deciding, you know, affirmatively to not call penalties, which would showcase skill. Um, all of these things lead to the sport ch- completely changing in complexion when the playoffs arrive, which you know the league, you know, likes and brags about pretty much. But I mean. And especially coming from the perspective of someone, you know, is watching the Buffalo Sabres and they're deciding what they're going to do with Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart and all of they they had built around all of these skill athletes and were, you know, disappointed that it seems to be crumbling and falling apart. And even at the I'm I'm wondering, like, I just want to tell Eichel, like, look. Yes, leaving Buffalo was probably good because the Sabres are a complete disaster. But just getting to another team and getting to the playoffs doesn't mean you're going to feel happy because the entire league is designed to stop you from succeeding when you get to the playoffs. They don't want to showcase you. Like You're not the dude they want to to blossom in the playoffs. They want some random guy who can cross-check Nikita Kucherov and send him you know, you know, out of the game that's the guy who who is highlighted and who benefits from playoff hockey yeah i mean if you want to to localize this discussion we we can in a hurry the the success that you're seeing from teams who you know quote unquote don't necessarily feel like they deserve to be there really does speak to just how much failure the sabers have have had over the last decade since he's last been on this show it seems like the the fact that they couldn't just sneak in at any point at all and, you know, even have a sniff of it. And then you see other teams like Montreal succeed, or you see a team, you know, like the Knights, who went from literally not existing to, you know, the favorite in a series and then the favorite to get to the cup finals. And like when you pull back a little bit and see what's going on and, and the, you know, what essentially feels like randomness that's involved in it, it really does get that much more bleak and depressing, doesn't it? Yeah, God, it's just the worst. Uh, uh, to just not be able, because they, they figured out how to how to suck so effectively like that when they when they designed a team to tank 
they were great at it. I mean, they had a real bang-up job. And oh, yeah. To the point where they had to get rid of guys who were too good. Like, they were, it seemed like they were trading three or four goalies because they were stopping too many pucks. And now mm-hmm. they literally cannot find another dude to do that ever again. It is borderline comical, all the things that have happened to this franchise, in order to be able to miss the playoffs as long as they have. Like, it's not great. But beyond it's, that... It's not fun to talk about, no. No, it's not. I mean, when get, taking it back to the league itself and the playoffs that we're in right now, with Montreal going to the finals and trying to figure out who will join them tonight. Has this play, have these playoffs been fun? Cause in my contact with whatever's been going on in the playoffs, it started with, Oh, this guy got cro- clocked. Oh, this guy got hurt. Oh, Hey, this, did you hear about the vicious assault that happened on this player? Maybe the guy will get a penalty for it. Like that has been how I've been interacting with the NHL playoffs, which isn't completely fair because there have been great games and fun games and scoring. Like it's a, it hasn't been absent of that. But I that's that's what's coming through the airwaves to me. That's the news that's getting to me. And it's completely the opposite of the airwaves that's coming to me from the NBA. Like the NBA vibes are just radiating good times with the playoffs so far. That is not the vibe of the NHL playoffs at all. And that's not my fault, honestly. Like that's hockey's fault. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think a certain part of it is where you're coming from when it comes to hockey and basketball, right? With basketball, you have fewer ties to things, and so you can look at it a little bit more objectively and sort of the, uh, you know, free dark, oh, hey, stars are fun kind of thing. But when you, you know, are damaged and have watched the Sabres be bad for a long time, it's really hard to find joy in, you know, the randomness of Montreal. And, and you know, like Cole Caulfield's awesome. He's really fun to watch. But if you, you know, if you think about, well, you know, we, you know, my team decided that guy was too small, I guess, and now he wins the Hobie Baker. And, and like, again, it's just the, the weirdness of, of hockey. It's like, is this guy successful? Is it he scored 30 goals in, like, 31 games? Like, I don't know. I think it might translate at the next level. He's probably going to be pretty good. And then that happens, and it was like, where'd this guy come from? Like, I don't know. And then your team has three scouts on it total <laughs> right. or whatever. It's a little, you know, it's a little tough to really get any any joy out of, like, you know, the majesty of the postseason. A couple, a couple of guys sitting around like an old tube TV, trying to watch a VHS tape of some scouting stuff taken from Belarus or something. <laughs> it's not great. Um, Euro twenty twenty one is taking place right now. So is Copa America as well. This is the mm-hmm. this is kind of the season of you know when you start doing your international competitions as qualifiers for World Cup stuff or just like continental associations and and championships in in the sport of soccer. Um, I. I mean, I've when I've had a chance, I've watched a lot of Euro 2021 just to kind of get a feel for it. And I caught a game between Argentina and Paraguay a few nights ago in Copa America. And I was completely stunned at how different the game is played between these two associations. The Paraguay-Argentina game was absolutely brutal. It's the most physical sporting event I've seen played since the Bills stopped playing this season. It was people absolutely laying each other out at full speed on the pitch as they were playing. And I, and like I was like, oh, they're not. They're just letting them play. They're not going to call it. All right. And I'm. It, it's totally different from Euro 2021 and how they're playing over there. So. Um, 
I probably have seen more of. I don't. I'm, I'm not sure. I I think I've seen more of Copa America than maybe you have. You've probably been watching the Euro tournament as it's been going. Um, we can catch up on that. Where are we in the stage right now with Euro uh, and their competition over there? Are we getting into the knockout stages? Is that where we are right now? Uh, yeah, there were a couple days off, and they are uh, starting the round of 16 tomorrow. So Wales and Denmark uh, right at noon. And uh, yeah, it's gonna get it's gonna get European in a hurry. Grudge match. So. You got to look out when those two teams play. Um, at pe- two two nations with two completely odd languages, absolutely screaming at each other at full volume. Good luck trying to find a vowel. So that's right. Um, who's the at this point? Who's the favorite in that tournament? Who's looking good? Who is absolutely gonna get wrecked? Uh, it's still probably France and Italy, if, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't uh, admittedly been watching too much uh, of this because I've been slowly putting a condo together here in Boston. <laughs> Good so, luck uh, with this, uh, this old house action a little bit. Some real this old house hours here, yeah. We're, we're uh, stripping things. We're installing ground wires. It's really, uh, really exciting. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's from, from what I've gathered, though, it's still France and Italy, which, you know, are... are Expected maybe Spain if they can you know get get their you know collective stuff together, and then you know anyone who watches England says uh, maybe I don't know which is kind of just where they where they've been for the last uh, you know fifteen years so who knows yeah I, I I've gotten that same sense from England because there are times where I will watch England play and be like oh wow this there's got a couple of dudes who can ball right here and then mm-hmm. nothing happens it's just like they're out there but nothing ever comes of it. Right. So yeah, it, it, it seems very, uh, very fitting. Yeah. Of what, uh, <laughs> of what the tournament looks like and feels like. It's honestly, you know, it, it's to to say a very boring point. It's just nice that the tournament has returned after what was a very weird, you know, year off for you know a lot of reasons, obviously. But it just looks and feels the same as it did. That's nice. That, that's comforting. It seems like there are still a lot of stadiums there that, that are not fully open yet. And but some sure. are so like you, it depends on where you're watching and and what because the, they they play it all over the continent, so it really does depend on where you're watching the matches and everything and so forth. Ryan, but uh, Ryan Nagelhout from Upper Rocks joining us here on WGR on the Nightcap. I'm Corey Griswold. Do you have time for a rather silly question? Because I uh, have one for you. Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. So Darren Drager was on the program today from TSN. He was our, uh, he was on the Instigators earlier today, an interview which you can find online on our website. And he mentioned something as just kind of a toss-away line uh, with the banter he was having with the guys on the show. And he mentioned that when he goes on trips for the Stanley Cup Finals, which can last, you know, a couple of weeks, he will bring his enti- he'll bring, like, all of the pairs of underwear he owns. And while he's on the trip, he will purchase new pairs – and leave the old pairs behind, therefore cycling out his undergarments. And I want to, I'm wondering if you think that's psychotic. Because to me, <laughs> I, I mean, it's not, a, he didn't say this, and I don't want to imply that this is what he does. But sure. um, I'm assuming he's throwing them out. I, I'm not imagining him to, I mean, but listen, he's Canadian. Like, you know, when the border opens up and they all come back to the Walden Galleria, it looks like the rapture, right? There's just a bunch of clothes laying out in the parking lot. So maybe that's what's happening. But I don't want to, right. I don't want to accuse him of that without knowing for sure. Okay. Is this? No, I think you probably shouldn't accuse him of of going and finding a target parking lot and just throwing a discarded, kind of used pair of underwear on the ground. I think that is 
not a good look. Yeah, I don't think he's no, trying. Definitely to, don't say that on, on live radio. Right I now. do not think he's trying to avoid the VAT. I don't. I'm not saying that. it's <laughs> not what's happening. But okay, okay. like, how wild is it to just do that? I mean, you, like to just think like, oh, I'm going on a trip. Cool. I have an opportunity to fix my wardrobe and not bring sure. stuff back. Like I when I first started thinking, oh, I don't have to pack any, like, toiletries or something. I'll just buy it when I get to the joint. Like, that was a revelation for me, to think I don't even have to pack this on an airplane, mostly because I didn't want to put up with security. I didn't want people rifling through my stuff because they saw, like, a five-ounce bottle of scope in it. So I was just like, whatever. I'm not going to deal with you. I'll just buy it whenever I do when I get to my destination in terms of flying. It never would have occurred to me to, like, I'm going to totally swap out my wardrobe on this trip. And and as unless it was... explicitly why I was going on the trip. Like if it's, I'm going to get better clothing. Like this seems like wild to me that that's a possibility. Yeah, I guess, I mean, for me, that's just far too much uncertainty with, with packing space, right? Like I I like to know, I used to travel a lot more for work, you know, in the before times. uh, And I, I used to, you know, leave a little bit of room just in case you pick up, I don't know, a shirt or, or any number of things. But I really like to, you know, have that sort of, space accounted for. And so I very rarely have, have gone to a place, unless I've forgotten something, which you know happens. I've, I've very rarely gone to a place and thought like, okay, time to acquire. Yeah. I mean, it's it, when you're packing, like there are entire articles and videos dedicated to how you should pack a suitcase. Like it's, right. it's a, it's serious business and to pack knowing, all right, everything I have here, half of it's going to be gone. And I do not know what would replace it. I mean, that would give me, that would be a huge anxiety on the trip for me. Yeah, too, too much uncertainty. I mean, I know once you travel, I'm sure as much as, as he travels, maybe you sort of know, hey, I'm going to, you know, this Uniqlo or whatever, and it's going to be great, and this is what I want. Maybe it's something you can't get uh, back home. And that makes a little more sense to me. But just the idea of like, well, this is just my thing. I, I'm recycling underwear on this trip, and uh, we'll just see where it goes. Who knows? Maybe it'll be J. Crew this time. I don't know. Like that's yeah, I can't I can't do that to my brain. It's got he he has to know where he's going and what he's doing. And I mean he's he travels yeah. for hockey all the time. It's the same cities. I mean he's got to know the joints in these towns, right? So it's mm-hmm. he has certainty in terms of the objects he's getting and what he's doing. So it's not as wild to us who would just be like, oh, I've I have never been to Vancouver before. So I don't know right. where to get. And besides, I'm going to like Target. So I don't know where. To, like I'm not going to like their boutique, gigantic, uh, super, uh, super, Galleria Mall, whatever it is, and paying you know fifty bucks per pair. Like that's not happening. So right, it's totally like I when I heard that on the air out and about today, I was like, oh boy, this I can't believe someone would do that and go on, go on a trip and not knowing what they're bringing back. How could he afford the fees? This is the stuff that I'm thinking of, right? I have a question for you. What do you think the worst NHL city to buy underwear in is? Oh God, I mean, Winnipeg's got to be high on the list. I mean... Ooh, I thought Winnipeg right away. <laughs> I, mean, Sorry, I, I mean, it's mostly due to weather concerns, because if I'm going there and mm-hmm. I'm buying underwear and it's like January, like... I'm like, are we, am I getting the, am I getting like this big wool thing? Like what was happening? Like, am I getting long johns? Am I coming back with long johns from Winnipeg? This is ridiculous. Um, (laughs) I think a quietly terrible one would be sunrise, Florida. Ooh, I also thought that too. Yeah. And I think I I would say Phoenix, but I think there's a mall right next to that 
that arena now, so I bet it's fine. Right. Like, um, and let's be clear. Like, we're not saying Miami for for the Panthers. No. Like, Sunrise, right. Florida. That is where you That's are right. going to buy your underwear. Within at least five to ten miles is where you're... Ottawa's probably bad for this, too, then, probably. Because their there arena's, like, way out there in Ottawa, isn't it? Yeah, in, in Canada, which I believe is a suburb pretty far out. So. Yeah, that's not good. And, I mean, of course, if we were to buy stuff in Winnipeg or Ottawa, we got to claim it when we come back, right? That's how that works? Uh, all this works. Well, I mean, I, I don't... It depends on, on how much, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe this is a, a tax loophole. Maybe, maybe are we exposing him? I feel like... <laughs> starting to feel kind of bad about this. Does he have to wear all of the pairs of underwear when he comes back? Like, if no, he goes absolutely. and buys 16 pairs of underwear, does he have to, like, wear them all as he gets off the plane? No, it's not like a, like a Joey from Friends thing. I don't think okay, that, it's not that kind of a situation. Well, one last question uh, before we um, stop talking to each other, Ryan. Um, <laughs> earlier today, James Milner posted a photo to Twitter. James Milner is, uh, you know, he's an all-right uh, professional soccer player in the English Premier League. And um, he posted what his times were for running a, an 8K, essentially. And he ran an mm-hmm. 8K in 34 minutes. So he had, okay. an, like, basically as he was running, an average pace of anywhere between four to three and a half minutes per kilometer, which is insane to me. Like, that is running straight up. That's not, like, jogging. That's running. So... Mm-hmm. I like you and I both, you know, sometimes I don't th- I'm not sure if you're running as much as you used to. I do run nowadays, but we all like we're all struggling here. We're all trying to get by. It's co- we're coming out of covid and we all we all look terrible. We're trying to we're, tr- we're trying to cope. I can't imagine the level of fitness that is required of even just like the average guys. It's all like at some point you somebody we had found that we know we had talked about like gone back on a deep dive of like the show Pros versus Joes. And started like really getting into like how all these athletes almost murdered average human beings while they were trying to do athletic competitions. Like Mil- there's plenty of people who would tell you Milner isn't even good. And like his right. level of fitness just completely blows normal people out of the water. Oh yeah. It's uh it's one trick I learned I mean, well, this one thing I learned in my earlier in my journalistic career is when I started covering like high school football. Like from the stands, okay, football. And then you go on the sideline at some of the smaller venues and you just watch there and you realize how much faster football is even at that level, right? And then you go up another level to college and to the NFL and, and you go like, it's, it's a really good example of like, sometimes you see cameramen pulled over and you're like, man, how'd they knock it out of the way of that? Yeah, they didn't have a chance. That's, that's just how fast things are going there and how good these people are at sports. And uh, once you learn that, it, it turns your brain off from those those things you'll hear sometimes in the radio where guys are like, you know, I could do – no, no. No, you could not. <laughs> no, you couldn't. Because <laughs> you're, you're currently not, and you never have been able to, and you never will be able to. And, like, yeah, you can still be critical of athletes who are very much better than you at stuff. But, like, don't, don't bring that side of it into this because uh, you're not that. Right. Um, like, I, I even have a hard time, like, referring to athletes at that level as, like, being lazy – because of the right. amount of work that is put in to even be able to, to exist at that level. Even guys who looking at them as they play other athletes who are psychopaths at, at just competitive maniacs. And it's like, wow, that guy looks slower than everybody else. And he just kind of stopped running there. I wonder if he's, is he quitting? What's going on? Just to get to that point, he had to not quit a thousand times. 
right? <laughs> like it's just right. a totally different plane of existence. Uh, yeah. Ryan, uh, where can people find your work if they're looking uh, for such things? Uh, they can find it on uprocks.com. I uh, cover all kinds of stuff, including uh, video games. I, I thought you were going to ask me about the new Mario Golf. I am absolutely going to. Now that you brought it up, I'm absolutely going to after you tell everybody where to find yourself. Oh, I, I, I just, just teed it up, so I've not gotten a chance to play it yet. But soon, we can talk about it on the podcast, because we do a podcast together. Uh, we talk about Buffalo sports and stuff, including the current Sabres droughts. Uh, we have a a Patreon for it. Should I pitch that? I feel like you should pitch that. This is your show. I probably so. should. I don't know if I'll get in trouble for it, but nobody's listening. Yeah, uh, you and I both have a Patreon uh, patreon.com uh, slash the goose's roost where, because you and I did a podcast that went through every single bills game that was played between their la- their playoff appearances in 2000 and then 2017, which is like something like 288 podcasts. So mm-hmm. we, we w- did one for every single game they played. It was great. We got to talk about Koi wire and now like real idiots. We have decided to do a podcast about the Sabres current dr- playoff drought, which is not per game. It is uh, mostly about themes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank goodness, uh, but that is yeah, the project. Mostly, that that is the project that you and I are currently working on. Um, can people find you on the internet? Besides, can they find you on social media? Do you not want people finding you on social media? How do you want to do this? Oh, they can find me on social media and yell at me about something I uh, definitely said incorrectly here. Uh, it's at Ryan Nagelhout, N A G E L H O U T. Yeah, that's that's me. I'm always around. Fantastic. Uh, we, you and I will talk again at some point, and we'll talk about Mario Golf, and we'll probably talk about uh, Outriders as well. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.